This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Right now, a couple things that you can do to prepare. First of all, whether you intend to get baptized or not, uh, every Sunday we make available to all of us a Connect card. So reach inside your program and pull it out right now. If you come here all the time, you know the drill. If you're brand new to New Life, a special welcome to you. This is a great Sunday. I'm so glad you came. We're going to tie some, some uh, we're going to connect some dots for you on a very important subject, but it all begins with a connect card. So if you pull it out and on the front side where it says contact information, if you'll trust us with your name and your email address, uh, we want to help you get connected with God and uh, hopefully in the long term get connected uh, with the church because uh, that's our job is to help you get connected with God and we, we Get super excited about that every single week of helping people make that wonderful connection. So uh, if you'll do that, and then on the back side of the card, there's a place that if you want to get baptized next week, let me see if I can find it on here. There it is. At the bottom, that one of the options is baptism. Okay, so if, if you want to get baptized next week, you just check that box. Or even if you have questions about baptism and you'd like uh, for somebody like me, one of our pastors, to talk with you, uh, you check that. And then a little bit later when we collect those, uh, that will uh, alert me to get in touch with you in this coming week. Uh, the next thing you want to get out of there are your teaching notes. Because we're going to launch into that. But before we launch into that, I want to read you one passage of Scripture. Because this is one of the multitudes of reasons why baptism services are such a huge deal at New Life. Here's what God says in His Word. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have, what's the next word? Clothed yourselves with Christ. If you could think of baptism when, when you go down into the water of just being wrapped up in Christ and when you are raised, you have been clothed with Christ. Uh, what a wonderful picture and what a great way to go through this life clothed with Jesus Christ. So there's the invitation and uh, I'm going to let you process that with God. And uh, next Sunday we will uh, baptize a whole bunch of people into Christ. It should be a wonderful, wonderful morning. Now, we are wrapping up a teaching series called Affluenza. And it's a combination of affluency and influenza, which sort of brings up a really weird picture in your mind, doesn't it? Uh, it, We struggle with a thing called money sickness, and that's why it's called affluenza. I want to give you two stats that at first, they don't bode well, and then I'm going to talk about the solution God has for these. The first statistic is this. 68% of us in the United States of America are unable to cover a $5,000 emergency without going into debt. So you're driving down the road and your car engine blows up and you, and, and you have a towed to the local repair shop and they say that's going to be $5,000 and you have only one choice and that's to pull out your Visa or your MasterCard if you haven't maxed them out already. And that's how you're going to cover that emergency. Because 68% of us, that's the only means we have available to us to handle a $5,000 emergency. Now... Let me give you the next statistic, and this is the one that sort of puts the fear in. 78% of us 
will have a major negative financial event in the next 10 years. Look around the room. That's three out of every four people sitting here. We'll have a major negative financial event. And how, what percentage of them will not be able to handle that? 68% of them. Almost every one of them. Okay? So, now if I sent you home with that news, you could all go home and cry, right? And just wait for the shoe to fall. But as usual, God has a wonderful thing, a wonderful plan for us. I can tell you the plan will not be easy, but I can tell you the plan will work for virtually every single person in our room. And so, as I lay it out for us over the next 20 minutes or so, I'm not going to take a long time with the plan, but I want you to listen and I want you to get it, because it's based on a really, really solid foundation. And what I'm going to teach you today has lots of hope in it. A lot of hope in it. And here's the whole message in one, in one verse of Scripture. The book of Proverbs says, The wise man saves for the future. Would you circle the word saves? Circle the word wise and connect the two. You understand the principle. A wise person saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. I'm pretty sure that 68% of us fit in the latter category. What do you think? That doesn't take a rocket science to figure that out. Look around the room. That's, that's two out of every three of us fit in the foolish man category. Today we're going to lay out the plan that will help you migrate from the foolish category to the wise category, because that's what God wants to do in our lives. There's absolutely great hope. But before we can get into what that looks like, we have to be honest about some struggles that we have. And the first struggle is what I call an affair. I want you to picture in your mind uh, a young man who falls in love with a young lady And it doesn't take long before the two of them recognize that they were made to be soulmates for life. And so they get married and they head off on their honeymoon. But not long after they get home from their honeymoon, the young man meets a seductress. And she begins to wink and she begins to flirt. And pretty soon he finds his heart drifting from his wife, who is his soulmate for life, the one he was intended to love, and his heart is starting to go to the seductress because she's beautiful and she's charming and she promises him the world. And he begins to believe everything she says. Slowly but surely, she steals his heart. And eventually, he struggles to love his wife because his heart now belongs to the seductress. But like every other seductress in this world, what she promises and what she delivers are not the same. And though she's beautiful and attractive and he finds himself naturally drawn to her, the more he gets into her 
And the longer he hangs out with her, the more he finds out that she doesn't deliver what she promises. But now she begins to threaten him. And if he dares ditch her, he's got all sorts of trouble on his hands. Would you expect that guy to have a life filled with tension and awkwardness? What do you think? Yeah. I tell you that story because in essence, that's exactly what Jesus said when he laid it out for us here in Matthew chapter 6. Notice what Jesus says. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And he says, no one can serve two masters. And I apologize up front for comparing marriage to mastery. Okay? But you have to understand the connection. And the connection is, you have one heart, and it's going to go one place. And it's either going to go with God, or it's going to go with money. And I can tell you that money is the great seductress of life. It just is. And that's where we struggle. And he goes on to say, for, for if you do that, you will hate the one and love the other. And I wish I could tell you how many times people have been in my office over the last four decades, whether male or female, and they have fallen in love with someone that they're not married to, and it's caused them to end up hating the person they're married to. And they got a problem, big problem. And you'll be, you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve, and if you want to just, if it'll help you understand it, if you, want to, if you want to underneath the word serve, write the word love. You cannot love God and love money. So here's something you need to know about your heart and your soul and your spirit. And that is, you were made to love God. But the problem is, it's easy for us to fall in love with the great seductress, money. And until we wrestle that to the ground, we will always be in the latter category. We will be in the unhealthy category. And Kevin has done such a great job of laying that out for us. We can be normal or we can be healthy. And when 68% of us spend everything we get, we have to say that's normal. Not healthy, but normal. And in order to move into the healthy category, we have to wrestle this to the ground that what do we really love more? And, and I think that would be tough for many of us to wrestle to the ground because it's pretty hard to stand in front of the mirror and look at yourself and admit, I actually love money more than I love God. I just want to encourage us to do that. Because until we're willing to face that, we can't actually, all the other stuff is, will be just sort of window dressing. Okay? There's a second struggle that we have, and that is, I think all of us would like to save, but the problem is, we have a fundamental, um, 
we have a fundamental assumption that we make about savings, okay? And the fundamental assumption that we make about savings is, I could save if I had more. Would you say that out loud with me? Ready? I would save if I had more. Yes. So we think our savings is dependent on more dollars. And the Bible very clearly says that's not what your savings actually depends on. There's actually two foundation stones for, for savings. And the first is the big C word that we all struggle with, and that's the concept of contentment. You see, this concept and this concept are diametrically opposed to each other. And as long as we are seduced by money, we will always think that we need more. If I just had more, I, I wouldn't love it as much. If I just had more, I could do, I, I, I could save. If I just had more, I, I, and, and, you know, have you ever had a friend that you ever looked at them and you said, you just keep telling yourself that? Was that usually something you wanted them to believe? No. It was something you knew was absolutely false, but they were trying to live as if it was true. Can I tell you that money sits in the corner in our lives and says, you just keep telling yourself that. If you just had more. In fact, Here's what the Bible says about that. Some people are always greedy for... What's the next word? (laughs) That's really hard to look at yourself. Yep, I'm one of those. And yet, the truth be known, most of us struggle with that. So I said, we have to deal with these two struggles and get honest about these two because they, they unlock the key to the rest of it. Now, what's the rest of the verse say? But the godly, what? Love to give. You know the thing that money says to us about that too? You could give if you what? (laughs) You guys are quick. If you just had more. You see, what you need to know is that your foundation for savings, your savings depends upon two things. Number one, you're getting honest about contentment in your life and becoming content with what you have. And number two, allowing God to develop in you a spirit of generosity because I can safely say to you, I've never known a person who was content and generous who wasn't able to save and didn't give to great causes. In fact, those are the people who give the most many times. It's a mindset. So now, having said all of that, that's the struggle where we live. Let's take a look at the secret. And the secret is probably not what you think it would, it might be. Okay? Um, I have up here something that I had in my pocket, um, a month or two months or three months or six months ago. I have a $100 bill and a $1 bill. Now, don't rush the platform because the last time I gave away the $100 bill. You will remember that, right? 
Okay, I, yep, settle down. I'm not giving away the $100 bill this morning, all right? But I do want you to understand the principle, okay? Here's another thing that the seductress tells us about money. And that is, the key to savings is this one. If you're really careful with what you do with your $100 bills, you will be able to save. And the truth is, and what God would say to you, it's actually far more significant what you do with this one than what you do with this one. Take a look. Here's what God says in His Word. He who gathers money, what's the next three words? Little by little. Is that this one or this one? That's this one. He who gathers money, little by little, makes it grow. The truth is, the more careful you are with this one, the more of these you'll get. Jesus, talking about money, said the exact same thing. Notice what Jesus said. You have been faithful in handling the small amount. That's the $1 bill. Therefore, now I will give you many more. That's this one. I can't say it any clearer than that. If you take Financial Peace University, then you will understand how important those two are and really how important the power of the $1 bill is. And I would encourage you as you leave this place today, be extra careful what you do with the $1 bills and begin to watch what happens in your life. Because you don't actually need more. You need to be content. And when you're content, you'll end up saving your $1 bills far more often than when you're not content. And you will be able to be generous because you actually will have resources that you, that you can actually give to causes that your heart already would love to give to. So, God has a plan, and the plan begins with, with what I call a 10-10-80 continuum. Okay, so... Ten ten eighty stated very simply is 10% goes to God, 10% goes in savings, and 80% is what you live on. Let's say that sort of succinctly. Ready? 10% to God, 10% to savings, 80% we live on. Let's say it again. 10% to God, 10% to savings, 80% we live on. Now, here's what you need to see. On this side is the minus side because on this side are all the people who do not live by that formula. Okay? They don't give 10% to God. They don't put 10% in savings. And they don't live on 80%. Okay? This is, okay, normal. Okay? This is, what do you think it is? Healthy. And the idea of coming to church and let God, letting God speak into your life is He wants to move you from normal to healthy. Okay? And, and the 10-10-80 line is the dividing line between the two. Now, some of you in this room are actually in this territory. 
because you give more than 10% to God and you save more than 10% and you live on less than 80%. You, you, you just are moving in this direction because God has enabled you to do that, not because you're multimillionaires and don't know what to do with all the leftover cash you have, but because you have chosen to live a healthy lifestyle, not just a normal one. That is God's plan. Now, I know Kevin has talked to you about uh, the debt snowball, and we've talked to you about a $1,000 emergency plan. So I just want to lay it out for you. If you want a simple step-by-step way to move from normal to healthy, to move from the unwise guy who spends everything that he gets to the wise man who saves for the future, here's a very simple step-by-step plan that I want to lay out for you. Take a look. Okay? Number one, tithe. You can never get to healthy without tithing. I'm not telling you that because they pay me on commission. They don't pay me on commission, all right? I'm telling you that because I want you to live a healthy life. And notice, here's exactly how God lays it out in His Word in, there should be a Proverbs. There it is. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the best part of everything you produce. Let that sink in. If God calls you to tithe to Him at 10% and you don't, can you say, I'm honoring God? Yes or no? No, that's hard to say though, isn't it? Yeah, but that's true. And as your pastor and as your friend, I want you to honor God with the best of everything you have, because it is the beginning of unlocking the door to the rest of God's financial plan for your life. But if you don't start with honoring God first, you don't ever get to work to the other things. So honor God, start out by tithing, and then it says, then He will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. You know... Anytime I look at a verse in the Bible, and I know I'm not a farmer, but I get the principle, if I could do one thing, and in doing that one thing, God would promise to fill my barns, and He would be the one filling them, not me, I say that's a pretty good deal, don't you? That is the deal, okay? So start with the tithe. Then the second thing that you should do is put together a $1,000 emergency fund, and I want to tell you, that the way you get a $1,000 emergency fund is not with these guys. It's with these guys. Got it? Got it? Okay. A $1,000 emergency fund. Then the next thing you do is the debt snowball thing that Kevin laid out a couple of messages ago. And if you weren't here a couple of weeks ago, I think it was three weeks now, go back and pull up the podcast on, on how to overcome debt. Because it's a wonderful thing that that Kevin laid out that he got directly from Dave Ramsey. Do the debt snowball. And then number four, here it is, save 10%. That's the plan. If you're not doing number one, don't go straight to number four and say, I heard the pastor say i got to save 10%, so I'm going to do that this week. No, honor God with your tithe first. Okay, Put together a $1,000 emergency plan. Uh, fund so that if something happens to you, you don't have to go in debt and then begin to work the debt snowball plan so you're out of debt 
And then you can move into this 10-10-80 living, which will put you on the right side of healthy and not just normal. Here's the way you can apply this today. Number one, begin taking steps to tithing. Okay? If you don't tithe, that's where I would, I would tell you that's where you want to begin. You know, if you look at things, oh man, I'm not sure I can do that. Kevin laid it out last week. Start at 5% and then a month or two from now, see if you can raise it to 6 and 7. Begin saying, God, I want to honor you with the best of what I have. Then number two, begin saving for an emergency fund. Number three, begin the debt snowball uh, process. Number four, begin the 10, 10, 80 living. Okay, just check where you are and where you're willing to go and let God work in your life because these are just solid financial principles. And you know something? If you're willing to do that, you can actually get well from affluenza. It's not a permanent condition. It's something God wants to heal in all of our lives. And last of all, I want to talk to those of us that we're not yet followers of Christ. Maybe we've come to church a few times. Maybe we've come to church lots of times. Maybe we've just been drugged to church. But the truth is, we haven't made that decision. I want to tell you, before you tithe, before you go to work on getting your finances in order, you have something you need to do with your heart. Okay? Because Jesus is the one who will motivate you and who will give you the strength and who will walk with you in this journey and every other really important journey that you will ever take in this life. You were not meant to go through this life alone. You were not even meant to go through this life with a bunch of really nice people. Okay? Yes, that's part of life. But the bedrock, bottom, most important thing that you need to understand in life is you were made to go through this life with a God who loves you. Who can handle every single thing you encounter in this life and who will walk with you through it but he will never force himself on you. He simply gives the invitation to you and says, would you come and go through this life with me? Sarah laid it out so well in what she said to us this morning just before communion. Because Jesus died, because Jesus was willing to take the punishment for your sins and mine, you and I have this amazing privilege of signing on with God and going through this life with Him. And that's the invitation that He gives. And that's the invitation I'm going to give to you today. If you're ready to make that decision, I want to lead you in a simple prayer where you say that to God. Now don't just repeat the prayer because it sounds cool. Okay? If this is something that you know God is calling you to do and you're ready to say, hey, I am ready to get on board with God, then I want to lead you in this prayer. Let's all bow our heads. If you're ready, repeat this prayer. Loving Father, today I choose to get on board with you.
I accept what Jesus did in my place. And today I give my future to you. And I do it in the name of your son Jesus. Amen. God bless those of you who made that decision. Are you ready to have a great week of going out and living as the wise guy and not the foolish guy? Are you ready for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so. I pray. I have prayed that this would make a huge difference in many of our lives. It's sort of taken all the principles we got in this Affluenza series and putting them all together in a package that you and I can take with us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.